The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not as he was on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about, I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two uh, videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock today, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. Uh, right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a lot of friends over there this morning, so good morning to you guys. Good to see you. And then um, while you're there, please subscribe to the channel. The channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live. If you want to go there direct, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then also we're streaming live over on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page. And we thank Mike on his team for giving us a spot there. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Be sure and do that. Um, all of our articles are available there. Many of these, you know, I talk about, rally speak about, and... Um, those go into your email inbox every day, late afternoon, early evening. And, um, yeah, that includes the morning show archive. So whatever we talk about, whatever we show, any of these documents, any of this kind of stuff, um, yeah, we put it we put it all in the archive for you guys. Okay? All right, real quickly, um, this is coming up next week. Um, and thank you, Bethany, for you guys, uh, the flyer and everything that you guys did. Uh this is going to be December the 7th in Michigan. Uh, Oscar Scott's. I don't know if that's, is that a place? Is that a business? Maybe somebody can, maybe she can do that. I don't know. She can let me know that. Anyway, 3555 68th Street, Caledonia. I've never been to Caledonia, Michigan. Uh, 6 to 9 p.m., Bradley and me will be there. I don't know how all that stuff's going to work, uh, but we'll be there. And then on December the 8th, it will be at the VFW. I know what that is. Post 4, 4073, 800 Michigan Avenue, Avenue in Marshall, Michigan. And uh, so we'll be, uh, Bradley and I will be out there um, 
next week, Lord willing. And I get to see some of you fine people in Michigan. I, you know, there's a lot of Michigan people who come into the chat, I know. And uh, it'll be great to meet some of you guys and see you face to face. And yeah, I'm not against hugs or anything like that. I, I'm really not. I, I'm a, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I like I like I like brothers and sisters. <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I like. All right. So today I thought we would jump in a little bit of this stuff on this. You know, I I'm gonna tell you. I just there are things that there are some things. To talk about them, they just they they upset you physically. They make you ill. The trans delusional stuff is, and I'm not just talking about the men wanting to become women or women to become men. I'm talking about the whole concept of turning a man into like a part machine cyborg kind of thing. Yeah, sure, it might make for good sci-fi stories or something like that, but in reality. I mean, oh my goodness, I, stuff like this just it bothers me. But before I get to it, I'm, I, this, came out, this came out yesterday, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. All of this is tied together because you'll notice there's a common theme here. It is this issue of sexuality. And what, you know, when this is why the Lord said that you cut certain things off when it happens, because it's not going to stop there. And I'm going to show you some, at least one guy. I'm going to show you a little bit about what happens when the Lord lets them go. He's not loving them. He's letting them go in their sin. And, you know, I mean, it really is a sad thing. This, this though, right here is a product of this sexual immorality, this abnormal sex. I mean, it's not even, you know, even when a man acts lawlessly with a woman who's not his wife, at least you can say the two coming together, there's, there's something natural about a man and a woman, right? You can at least say that, but it's still a violation of the law. Why? Because God said not to do it. Not to even think it in our hearts is, or to think it in our hearts is to do it. This came out yesterday. A pediatric neurologist was arrested for attempting to produce child porn. Mm -hmm. WNDU reported a pediatric neurologist, pediatrics, has been charged with a federal count of attempted production of child pornography in Overland Park, Kansas. And the FBI, well, we, we know they're going to get to the bottom of it, right? On everybody else but themselves. And the FBI has asked for the public's help in gathering more information regarding the neurologist identified as Dr. Brian Albers. A-A-L-B-E-R-S. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but there it is. Because of the nature of Albers' profession and contact with children. Obviously, Albers was charged in federal court on November the 15th after law enforcement was made aware of allegations involving Albers and hidden video cameras. You know, you're not... When, when, you, go, you, know, when you go to the doctor's office, I can't sit here and tell you you're safe doing that. And now, and that's with him giving you pills or shots or whatever he's going to pump into your body. 
now you got to worry about whether or not they're they got cameras up and they're spying on you and they're spying on your kids. Hmm. The reporting party later told police Albers had sent text message, including, quote, I am going to jail, lose my license. I do not want to die and I do not want my kids to see me dead. Officers found Albers at a hotel and took him to a hospital for voluntary mental health treatment. Hospital staff took two laptops, tablets, and a cell phone that had been in Albers' backpack when he walked in per the hospital policy. And according to a probable cause document, Albers asked the reporting party to retrieve the electronics from the hospital and destroy them since they contained bad stuff. Hmm. Search warrants on those devices resulted in the finding of video footage from December of 2020 until the cameras were located on October the 28th, 2023. The court document indicated there were videos of minor victims in states of nudity. The forensic examiner has identified and flagged 1,006 videos according to the probable cause document. Hmm. If you want other information, you can fill out a form to send it to the FBI if you know this guy. I don't know. This is a direct result of letting this other stuff go. Direct result of it. The, the scriptures were clear about dealing with this kind of stuff. You say, well, where does it talk about child porn? Where does it talk about... It doesn't talk about that, but the principle is there. The whole principle is there. And to not see that means either you didn't read the Bible or you're lying. Because there's a principle to deal with people and their conduct like this. But here's this guy. I, I, I sat here just kind of putting this together. Bradley sent me a couple of these links and we're going to put them on the site. And I just I kind of sit here listening to this, this man. And it just, physically, it makes me ill. Now, he's a man. He's made in the image of God. But boy, if it wasn't marred enough, he's marring it more. And I want people to understand, if you're listening to this, and you're one of these transvestites who is, who is under delusion, there's hope for you if you repent. There's hope for you if you repent. But if you don't repent... Man, you're, you continue to remain under the judgment of God. You're, you're not under His love. You're not under His blessing. You're under His cursing. Why? Because He's turned you over. We'll look at that in just a little bit. This guy right here, and it's incredible to me, he looks like he's got kind of a mustache, some rouge on his cheeks. He's got one of those things through his, uh, the middle part of his nose. You know, it looks like a bull or something like that. And uh, it's just like, I guess some of them really go out to look like a woman. This guy didn't even give it a shot. But uh, yeah, I think that's what he's doing. Claims he's read part of the first chapter of one chapter of the Quran. And he's thinking about converting to Islam. Listen to this 
this nonsense. Just started reading the Quran and I am so excited I'm about so it. People excited. thought when I first asked that I just wanted to read it out of curiosity, but I want to read it to study it. I started following somebody on social media that teaches the Quran and hosts a Quran book club for Muslims and non-Muslims. So I'm really excited to start going to that. She was describing the chapter of the bee and that just blew my mind. Like the way that she describes things and the way that the Quran describes things actually makes sense to me. And <sighs> also, did you know that Allah is beyond gender? Did you know that actually Actually, scholars believe that there are two Qurans, the Quran of nature and the Quran, the actual book. And did you know that each chapter is named after a natural phenomenon? I just, I don't know. This whole book is just blowing my mind and I am so excited. I got sticky notes so that I could mark out things that I was, ex that I was drawn to. And uh, I'm not even through the first chapter and <laughs> I already have a bunch of sticky notes. I'm definitely going to have to buy more tabs. I'm honestly having a whole revolution with myself where the way that I describe the universe and the things that I believe in are actually described in the Quran of believing in Allah and I I've never thought that I believed in God before and now I'm really having a revolution of self of I think I actually believe in God. If you've been curious, I really recommend it. There are a lot of people who are converting. There's a lot of people who are reading it. I'm not saying I'm going to convert. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Um, and I don't know. I just, I know that this is exactly what I need right now. I just wanted to say thank you and just point out how excited I am. So excited. It's like, 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 it's like, like, I'm, I'm so excited about the Islam. Does this person not understand what these people do to them? I mean, virtually without any trial sometimes. Has this person not been paying attention? Uh, evidently not. This person wasn't watching a few years back when they had all the shots of them pushing alleged sodomites. I don't even think they went through a court system or anything. They just accused them and did it. Pushed them off of buildings. Now look, I've said I've said all along I'm with the Bible on this about what it says. You're engaged in sodomy. I, I, I'm to, I'm I'm right there with it. The Bible says you put the evil away from you. That's the punishment for breaking the law. In that, in that regard, but this guy evidently doesn't understand that. He's read a whopping half a chapter, or close to a chapter, and he's thinking about converting. Only in the West would somebody think that kind of stuff, right there, of what this guy's talking about. Allah doesn't have a gender. Hey, he does. He's right in line with Baphomet. <laughs> he clearly can distinguish between male and female in the book, can he? Yep, just like the true and living God distinguishes between male and female. Fact isn't that what we read in the beginning here? I mean, this is pretty basic stuff. What does the Bible lay out for us? And we don't even, I, you know. It seems so obvious to me how we would distinguish between the genders. There's two of them, male and female. You know, I, I, it just amazes me. Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in, in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. Did the same thing for the beasts. That was the end of the evening and morning were the sixth day. When you go over into chapter 2, you find out why he created male and female. Verse 7 of chapter 2 of Genesis, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward, in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to skip down here a little bit. He's just talking about what the garden is, what the area is, and I'm going to pick up again where he puts the man in the garden. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave name to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs or one of, or one of his sides and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her into the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, not his husband. And they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So God had a purpose in creating male and female. They are a complement to one another. The male has been tasked with certain duties in the earth. The female has been tasked to help the male <laughs> with those duties as his helpmate. That's how it's supposed to be. This is why God created male and female. And in so doing, he also builds into that when the two become one flesh, when, they, when they're married. He builds within that the ability to fulfill that command that he gave, which was to populate the earth. Okay? So, this is why this is important. These things are basic first things. And you see, these are the very things that are being attacked in our society. Let me take it back because um, 
I saw a comment by somebody earlier when I was playing the guy uh, who's you know dressed up. Well, he's trying. To, he's not even dressed up like a woman. He's just trying to act like one. Anyway, um, when I was playing that, somebody said, "This is this is the result of government schools." You're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's the indoctrination that comes. In fact, I'm going to show you something in just a minute uh, about that. You know, we, we constantly put Deuteronomy 6 here. That job of learning God's commands, His statutes, His judgments. They have to be in our hearts, fellas. they got to be in our hearts first. And then we teach them to our children. We're, dil- we're to be diligent about it. Some of us have been more diligent than others. Nevertheless, we're to be diligent about teaching that to our kids. Why? That is the filter through which they're going to see the world. My youngest daughter, she often comes down and she'll uh, she'll talk to me about certain things that she has read or seen or engaged in a conversation. And she's sad. She said, I just, I don't, how can these people believe this stuff right here? And I said, well, honey, I said, you know, maybe they didn't have a mom and dad that taught them. They were left to themselves. Sometimes in God's grace, even without that training, you know, God brings people into, into other people's lives to disciple them. And I said, apparently this person didn't have it, or if they did, they rebelled against it. And I said, who knows? God might be using what you're talking to them about to turn them back around, to remind them of some things. I don't know. But I thought to myself, I said, (laughs) you know, I look at this guy that we just played, and and I I wonder where dad is in the picture here. Or mom, for that matter. I, I, I don't know. And I look at my daughter and I see what she's doing. Which encourages me because it challenges me to do more of the same. But I, I, there's, a part, there's a part of me that wonders, you know, what turns these people into this? And there's a lot that does it. Indoctrination does it. We've seen it in the schools. We've seen it come in, and we see parents who rightfully are angry that the schools are doing that to their kids, or teaching them this stuff, whether it's Islam, whether it's transgender, whatever, it, whatever any of this stuff is. They're rightfully angry, but they don't pull their kids out. They keep sending them back into the snake pit. It doesn't make any sense. By the way, that leads right into this part. You guys remember the, uh, was it the Covington shoot, Covington school out there in Tennessee where the shooting took place? Yeah, the guy thought I was unhinged because I just simply questioned it at first. I don't know any of the people out there. I, I, don't, I don't know any of that. I question all this stuff when it comes out. But you guys remember that. You got a, a, a girl who thought she was a boy and she was angry and wanted to go in there and kill a bunch of people. Well, apparently, some guy who likes to dress up like a woman issued some threats and got arrested. Good. good. That's good. This comes from New Vision News. 
here's what it is. And this is the guy, by the way, you guys who are on the, the video platforms, it's this guy. You can bar probably barely see him. Um, but yeah. <laughs> like, my goodness. Anyway, it says, in a disturbing development, this is again from New Vision News, in a disturbing development that has sent shockwaves through communities nationwide, most of you didn't even know it existed um, until you're hearing it right now. I don't know. A 47-year-old transgender woman. I think that means a man. It's just kind of goofy to me that they use this. But anyway, who goes by the name Alexia N. Willie has been charged with a series of grave offenses that include threats to commit violence in schools, sexual assault, and injecting individuals with HIV. <laughs> no worries. They already did that with the COVID shots. The charges stem from a series of online communications where Willie allegedly expressed intentions to carry out acts reminiscent of a previous school shooting. Hmm. And this guy, you guys know Andy. I don't know how you use his last name. He was out there in Portland. I think he was beat up while he was reporting on some things. And then he came out that he's a sodomite, too. But he's the one who put up the post here um, with this guy's quote. A person in Tennessee walked into one of your schools and shot up a bunch of your Christian daughters. That's not the last of him if you don't shut your effing mouth. Yeah. See, it, it always comes out what they are. And I remember years ago watching as some of these sodomite and lesbian activists started really telling what they were all about. They felt like they were the oppressed and they were going to get in positions where they could be the oppressors. And they were saying it with their own mouths. I wish I could find the video because I don't even remember what it, I don't remember who said it or what I remember watching the video though. And they said it themselves. They felt as though they were the oppressor, they were the oppressed and they couldn't wait to be the oppressors. Well, they're not the oppressed. They're the lawless. They're breaking the law. I mean, that's the, that's the real issue. This is the guy that I just, that we were talking about here. This guy right here. Look at that. It's just, I don't know. It's just really, the whole thing is just bizarre to me when you, when you see some of this stuff. We're told in the report here, that Willie's actions have drawn parallels to the tragic incident that occurred in March 2023 when a transgender shooter, Audrey Hale, launched a deadly attack on a Nashville Christian school claiming the lives of six individuals, including three young children. See, here's the thing. This transgender movement is nothing but an exploitation of these people to undermine the law. That's what it is. It's to undermine the law. When you take the law out of the way, you make room for a man of lawlessness. Okay? You make room for men, a man or men of lawlessness. Have you noticed that the less the law is enforced, the more emboldened and the greater the crimes that are being com committed? Yeah. I don't know if my interview with uh, Corey Lynn is still up or not. I, I'm going to have to go back and dig stuff because YouTube 
you know, killed two or three of our channels. And then uh, the particular SoundCloud that I was using, I quit paying on and I put it over on this other one that wasn't costing me something uh, at the time. But she did a four-part series on the exploitation of these people, these trans-delusionals. I call them trans-delusionals because they're not really transitioning. There is no transition. Well, the Bible doesn't speak about that. Yeah, it does. I just read it to you. Male and female, Genesis 1 and 2. It speaks very clearly to it. I mean, before you even start these transitions, what are most of them doing? Dressing like the other sex, right? The other gender. Well, we've got plenty to say about it. Deuteronomy 22.5, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination to the Lord thy God. That's what it says. That's what it says. There's the beginning of your transvestites which is all we're really dealing with, they just add a surgical and pharmaceutical component of hormones and surgery. That's, that's, all, that's the only difference. It's for big pharma to get in it. Big business, hospital, whatever. And a lot of young people are being harmed. A lot of older people, too. You guys heard of Bruce Jenner, right? Yeah, he's been harmed. He doesn't know it. Or maybe he does. Maybe secretly he does know it. But rather than admit his wrongdoing, his lawlessness, and come clean with things and repent, he'd rather just stay in the delusion there. I think the Bible is explicitly clear on these things. But what's the fruit of it? The fruit is this thing right here. You, you, now they bring out this guy, and he thinks he's a woman, okay? And, and here's the guy. And now he's going to bring threats of violence against kids in school, or children in school. If people don't be quiet about calling him out about his lawlessness. This is one of the fruits of this trans-delusional movement. Listen, it, doesn't, it isn't just over the gender issue either. It's over the man-machine stuff too. That's another component of that. And as we were talking about, about the indoctrination, lo and behold, this was the news this morning. Florida students stage a walkout after transgender sports controversy. There's not a lot of them. This is the first picture. There's several of them compared to probably the population of the school itself. But nevertheless, it says hundreds of students at a Florida high school staged a walkout on Tuesday after their principal and several other school officials were reportedly reassigned over transgender students' participation on the girls' volleyball team. Now, this first picture that you see is mostly, looks like mostly girls. And then they get a little bigger shot. So they've got... Yeah, they've got, you know, a number of students out there. It's probably, again, small compared to their um, school population. But the story goes, students at Monarch High School in Coconut Creek, about 15 miles north of Fort Lauderdale, filed out of classrooms and onto the school's football field at around noon 
according to aerial footage from NBC Miami. Some held signs in favor of trans rights, while others chanted, trans lives matter. Well, they do. That's why we want them to hear the truth so that they'll live by the truth and not by a lie. The protest came a day after the high, school principal, high school's principal, James Cecil, and four other staffers were reassigned to non-school sites over. It also came amid an ongoing investigation by Broward County officials as to whether the school let a transgender student compete on its girls' volleyball team. You know what that's going to result in. Somebody else is going to, some heads are going to roll over that. Um, a spokesperson for Broward County Public Schools confirmed that Cecil and the other staffers were reassigned pending the outcome of an investigation into allegations of improper student participation in sports, but did not specify if it was because the student is transdelusional. The district superintendent, Peter Lakata, filled a flurry of questions from reporters at a news conference on Tuesday regarding a transgender student's participation in the high school's uh, girls' volleyball team. Lakata told reporters there would be new processes for athlete eligibility going forward. We have an extra, you know, they, they go on with this stuff. And, you know, it, it's like, again, <laughs> why would you send your kids, keep sending your kids to places like this? I, I just, I, I don't get it. I really, I really don't get it. These kids who are involved in this protest right here, many of them will grow up. They'll grow up and they'll eventually see the truth in this. Some of these won't, and they'll become adults. And some of them will end up occupying seats in positions of authority. Some of these kids will be that. You have to consider the ramifications. Ideas have consequences, don't they? They really do. Now, I played this the other week, and I, you know, I had a friend. I think they made some comments about sparkly stuff and the thing. This was somebody did this on TikTok. I went and got the original thing. It doesn't have all that and the music and all this. But, and I don't, I, I'm not promoting Laura Abilly. I don't really even know the lady or anything. I just, these couple of minutes that she gave this talk on the transhumanism, the transgender, all that stuff. I thought she put it together exactly right the way it is. If she's a new ager, I'm, I'm not new age, okay? I'm, but I think she picks up on some of this part right here uh, about the whole transgender issue. And so I thought I'd play that again today because I thought it was relevant to what we're talking about now. Because all of this is to undermine the law. When you undermine the law, then you come in completely totalitarian, and you control the people. And they're just using a handful of these people. That's the thing. That's what blows my mind. They're using a handful of people to steer, to try to steer the whole country. I don't believe everybody's buying it. I just, I don't believe it. Anyway, this is uh, Laura Abilish. I forget the name of the uh, conference, but it was a year or two ago, I think. I think it was. Yeah. I want to look and say June. Oh yeah, was it? No, it was this year, June the third, twenty twenty three, and this is just a portion. We've got the full one up where where I played it, and I'll I'll try to grab that and throw that in the archive. But take a listen to what she has to say here. To talk about what I believe is the most important topic of our time, um, the title of my talk, transhumanism: the end game, probably gives away 
um, <laughs> my take on the matter. I'm not going to get into the technical aspects of transhumanism, though I do believe that one of the problems with faith with regards to public understanding of the matter is that it encompasses such a wide range of things. Um, and we've seen some of them, but from genetic engineering, implant technology, artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, all the way to cybernetic prosthetics. Um, although all of these things fall under the transhumanist label, I think there's a very important distinction to be made between technology that seeks to assist people with a disability in order to regain a normal quality of life and technology that seeks to transform us entirely. Um, the focus of my talk today will be on the ultimate transhumanist goal, what has been termed by Ray Kurzweil, one of the leaders of the movement, as the singularity. In his book titled The Singularity is Near, When Humans Transcend Biology, he writes, there will be no distinction post-singularity between human and machine or between physical and virtual reality. It's very important to understand that transhumanism is simply the transitional stage between humanism and post-humanism. Make no mistake, the final goal is to eradicate humanity as we know it. Once you understand the final destination, it becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning the biological tampering, the cultural grooming and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades in preparation to making us accept a post-human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix where our perception of reality is meticulously planned, managed, and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family, children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media, replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, Endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering, moral relativism as the new religion. And I could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength, security, purpose and meaning. A weak, immoral, disconnected ignorant and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage, the creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally, and biologically. 
women are being replaced in sports, entertainment, and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, our gender. That's right. This is just like the devil to do this, isn't it? To question it. If you don't know who you are, if you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the two plus two equals five from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. But two plus two equals four. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique, will not change that. The sad reality, though, is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people, and it's only getting worse. This must be stopped. Understanding the philosophy and the ideology behind the transhumanist movement is crucial if we're going to make the right choices as a species. Transhumanism stands on the premise that there is no God, that there is no spiritual realm, and that we possess no soul. Does anybody feel like a soulless being in this room? It is the most um, materialistic and Darwinian understanding of who we are. And in my opinion, it is the most reductionist and frankly insulting notion of humanity. For decades, we have been prepped and groomed to accept the notion that without technological enhancements, we will not survive the future, but instead become obsolete. Yuval Noah Harari is doing a marvelous job at convincing everyone that we will become what he calls the useless class in the face of a world driven by AI, that we are simple, hackable animals restricted by our own biology. But the truth, however, is very, very different. They don't want to alter us because we are flawed, weak, and limited. They want to alter us because we are none of those things. And it's increasingly difficult to control the billions of resourceful, resilient, and creative humans that we are. There is a reason why it's called artificial intelligence. And that's because it is artificial. It's not real intelligence. Real intelligence necessitates of consciousness, something that machines will never possess. And in any case, who said we wanted to merge with machines? Why should we allow some megalomaniac nerds and their big tech billionaire friends dictate our future? I think most people just want to be able to live a peaceful life in a healthy environment where they can pursue their dreams. Technology must be at our service, not to replace us or destroy us. Give us free energy. 
and the world will transform instantly. Give us nutritious food, clean air and water, and disease will be eradicated. Allow us to live in a humane system instead of a free-range tax farm, and you will see how depression, anxiety, and stress dissipates. Let's... Let's, let's use technology to make our lives more humane, not to make humans a thing of the past. The things we value most are those things that cannot be replicated by, by machines. Empathy, compassion, courage, intuition, imagination, passion, love, all of the things that make us unique. We are the most sophisticated beings on this planet and possibly the universe for all we know. Our body is the universe in itself, one that we still have not yet fully discovered. And our brains are the most complex cognitive piece of biological machinery in the world. Just to give you a sense of our brain power, in 2013, joint teams of researchers from Japan and Germany got together to simulate a single second of human brain activity. They created an artificial neural network of 1.73 billion nerve cells connected by 10.4 trillion synapses. Sounds very impressive, but actually it's only a fraction of every human being's uh, nerve cells. Scientists believe we all carry between 80 and 100 billion nerve cells, or about as many stars, in the Milky Way. The researchers were actually not able to simulate the human's brain activity in real time, and it took 40 minutes with a combined muscle of 82,944 processes to get just one second of biological brain processing time. But they want to think, they want to make you think you're useless. They don't want to make you better. They don't want to make you a superhuman. The end game is to make you a totally controllable piece of machinery. Another thing in the Internet of Things. As Klaus Schwab has said on numerous occasions, the fourth industrial revolution will not change the world. It will change you. They will entice you with promises of immortality, but it's digital immortality. They will try to convince you of a life without disease and suffering but by disconnecting you from the natural web of life and connecting you to the grid. And they will speak of becoming gods, homo deus, in the words of Mr. Harari. Well, we once took a bite of that apple, and we fell. And we've been falling ever since. But I think we now have a chance to redeem ourselves. We now have a chance to change our ways, to understand our foolishness, to see where we went wrong, a chance to walk in the right direction with appreciation, with humility, with courage, with truth, with faith, and with love. Let's not take this chance to transform ourselves to something different, but to become the best version of ourselves. We are not here to become God. We are here for God to okay. experience life through us. I don't, I don't know where that came from. I, the last little bit right there, I, I don't know where that God's experiencing life through us. I, I don't know where that is. 
But her point is, is she's making the connection that they are getting us to accept our own destruction by means of questioning our gender. Now, most of you listening to me don't question your gender. You've already settled that a long time ago. But there might be some out there who are listening, there might be, who are questioning that stuff. That's why I give Genesis 1 and 2. But there's more. 1 Corinthians 11. And you wouldn't believe how many times I've had this thrown up at me because of the length of my hair. And I'm not talking about the one on the front side here, on my face. But 1 Corinthians 11, I think, is so clear. If you understand the background of Corinth, you had male prostitutes in the temple. Uh, you got females in there shaving their heads to look like males. Uh, the, the males doing themselves up, dressing like women, doing their hair up like women. And Paul has to deal with some of that. He's got people who are being converted, but they still have that stuff on them. And he has to call them out of that. That's why he has to set the, the roles of the gender, the authority that's there. And so he does that in 1 Corinthians 11. Be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. Now pray, I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Who's your authority? Men? Christ. And the head of, of the woman is who? Man. And the head of Christ is God. So God, he gives, us the, he gives us the order of authority. God the Father, God the Son, man, woman. And then he goes, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. And every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. In other words, he's saying you're going to dishonor Christ, and women, you, you're, if you don't cover your head, you're dishonoring your, your man. For that is even at all one as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. In other words, why don't you just shame yourself by cutting off your hair? If you're not going to cover your head. This time they would wear their, their veils, all right, and that's going to be mentioned here. It was a sign of submission to their husbands. That's all it was. Some women think they're being liberated, you know, not by taking off their veils that are culturally symbolizing their submission to their husbands. And they understand that. Some people will wear it despite that. And that's fine, too. But something gets liberating. Maybe, maybe not. Or, you know, the, the, do you realize that here in America, we're not talking about Muslim countries, here in America, 100 years ago, women used to wear bonnets, and they used to wear hats, and they used to wear coverings over the head anyway. You guys know that? Yep. Sure did. He says, um, For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for, so, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man which is what we read in Genesis chapter 2. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, 
Neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man and the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. Judge in yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair? And by the way, that term where they're, I don't even know why they translated it long hair here. It doesn't make sense. Um, This is the only place it's found in all of scripture, this word for long hair. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? Yeah, I used to get that all the time when I used to grow my head out, hair out as a kid, my head, <laughs> grow my hair out as a kid. What is he talking about here? Again, he's, I think he's speaking clearly to gender bending when you see it. The woman shaving her head? See, this is the thing that gets me. You'll go to these churches and these preachers will get on this thing about men having long hair. They won't say a thing about a woman having short hair. So I don't think that's what it is at all. I think the idea is, is that the man has made himself look like a woman with the dressing of his hair. You know, women are told, quit messing with, you know, quit worrying about what you got in your hair and your gold and your trinkets and the curling and all that other. All that looks nice. But he says, focus on the matters of the heart, right? A gentle and quiet spirit. And the men are not to be sitting there doing that. They're not to be doing their hair up and, you know, braids and stuff, you know. That, that, that's not what they're to be doing, looking, trying to look like a woman, which is exactly what this trans-delusional stuff is all about. Thinking that we can become something we can never become. And so Paul wants to set the, the story straight. There is an order to the creation that we live in. There is a line of authority in the creation we live in. And what we're seeing going on is an undermining of that authority. That's all it is. It's just, If you want to boil all this stuff down, if you want to see the crimes of the Biden administration or the Trump administration or any of your politicians or even look at yourself, where you commit crimes against God, where you sin against the one who's made you, all comes back to people want to do what people want to do. And in this case of the transgenders, the transgenders are being exploited. Our kids are suffering. Moms and dads often are not there in many of these cases. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? God has turned us over to this. The only thing we can do is repent and cry out to Him for genuine repentance. Genuine repentance. Really turning and doing what He said to do. Bradley be with you at 3, and we'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m., bright and early. Adios. Adios.